Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shaper Work podcast and for this episode we have with us a very special guest Mr Shiv Parekh who is the founder and CEO of Hbits. Hi Shiv, thank you for joining us. Hi hi, good to be here. So to begin with, could you please take us through your career journey so far? Yep, definitely. So, you know, I'm uh, obviously born and brought up in Mumbai then did my undergrad in fact at Stanford in California I studied physics. You know, I worked briefly in finance uh, in New York after that at City, but you know, realized that I wasn't really my cup of tea. I always wanted to do something more on the entrepreneurship side of things. So, uh, moved back to India, worked with my father who was into commercial real estate development. Just got an exposure to that industry, you know, how it works, um, etc. And then in 2015, I set up one of the first few co-working spaces in India. That time, office and 91 Springboard were the only other players. And uh, no one had even heard of co-working. So set up one center, it uh, did pretty well. But instead of expanding that, I decided to go do my MBA at Harvard. And by the time I came back, the co-working landscape had obviously completely changed. You know, there were 300 different players in the market we work had entered. So it didn't make sense to pursue ba- that business. So we're looking at various different ideas. And that's when, uh, you know, started HBITS. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, going to Harvard to study and already having that sort of exposure to work in New York and then moving back to being an entrepreneur. Uh, This definitely has been one of the most inspiring journeys that I've heard so far. So since we're talking about HBITS, could you please enlighten us a bit more about it and what is its vision and how do you see it growing? Yeah, so I'll tell you, you know, so basically what happened was like I was saying when I when I moved back, I was looking at ideas and I got really excited by this concept because, um, you know, you see uh, what I observed is that on a real estate, commercial real estate side, you know, you had these you know, grade A glass facade buildings built by developers rented out to great tenants, you know, tenants like Deloitte or ICICI Bank. And then these developers would build the building and then they only had a couple of options to then finally exit. Either they'd sell the full building to a fund. Uh, or they'd sell floor by floor to ultra H&Is, where the minimum ticket size to own was still 20, 30, 50 crore. And these were very attractive asset classes to own. Like I said, great tenants, great buildings. You got 8 to 9% rental yield along with appreciation, 15% IRR. So very good investment. But you needed a large ticket to own it. So thought was that why don't we create the stock market of real estate? And why can't investors put you know, share and own a share in a property? That was kind of where it was, uh, you know, the, the whole idea was born out of. And obviously, it had to be completely tech enabled, uh, which is what it is today, right? The discovery of the property, the photos, the video walkthrough, the financial model, even your title report available on the dashboard, the actual transaction in terms of paperwork, signing payments, all of that is also completely online. You can track your stock portfolio the way you track your real estate. Uh, you can track your real estate portfolio the way you track your stock portfolio on a Zoroda. And then you can exit your share on the platform at any point in time that you want. So completely end-to-end, completely digital ownership at a small you know, amount, you can own the full property. So, so far, you know, we've reached 250 crore in AUM. We built up a very strong team. Our you know, CFO and co-founder was heading global sales for Namura, 30 plus years experience in banking. He's a chartered accountant, I am Ahmedabad grad. 
We recently got SEBI approval for our AIF as well. And so hopefully we touch our target of 10,000 crore in, in four years. Well, congratulations on all the success that Edge has seen so far and I'm sure there's way to go. So uh, when we talk about real estate investment, a lot of people have a lot of questions because it's, it's a growing market. Not many people are, um, people don't have that much amount of information. Right? Yes. Yeah. And that's very layman sort of information that people have. So mm-hmm. it's a great opportunity for all of us to hear it from the experts, as we say. So a very important aspect of real estate investment is foreseeable exit strategy because mm-hmm. a lot of people do invest, but they do not know how to exit a lot of times. So how do you ensure that it's been taken care of? Yes, obviously, you know, investment uh, exit is the most important part of an investment, right? It's easy to get money, but ultimately to give returns to your customers, your investors. In fact, we've exited uh, and one of the only few players to have exited an asset. We gave our investors a return of 17.5% IRR. Uh, so we already demonstrated our ability to exit. And, you know, what goes into exit is obviously the most important thing is your entry price. What price do you get into that asset at? Uh, if you get into a good price, then you're able to exit at a good price. So you get in at a low price. How do we determine the right price for the asset? And how do we make sure it's the right asset? That's very important. So one is, firstly, we look at a lot of properties. Uh, you know, Only if you look at a large number of properties, you can select the few good ones. We have a team of seven people on the real estate side, constantly looking, analyzing properties over the last year, we would have looked at about 20,000 crore worth of properties. So only if you look at a large number of properties, you can narrow down to the best one. How do we then narrow down, right? We look at across various things. We look at the building quality. We look at the tenant profile. Uh, we look at that micro market in that city. Since the tenant is in that property, what is their longevity in that property? We look at how the building is, you know, in terms of quality of construction, how we expect the building to depreciate over the future. You know, what is in the standards of construction? Uh, we look at the strength of the leave and license agreement between the tenant and the landlord. What is the lock-in? What is the security deposit? And then we look at the, you know, what is the rental and capital value with regards to the micro market? So we have access to a lot of data. We work with our data partners, partner CRE Matrix to look at in that building and other buildings, what have been the rentals, what have been the capital value, and are we paying below that? So through all these parameters, we make sure we for the right asset, we pay the right price. So you get in at a good price. Then it, you have to obviously manage the property well. So, you know, tenant relationships during COVID, we had 100% collection in rental, you know, making sure the tenant has long-term horizon, providing the service the tenant wants, all of that we do. And if the tenant leaves, we have the ability to release the property. And then in terms of exit, right, if you do all these things right, investors can exit in two ways. One is they can exit the share on the platform at any point in time that they want. So far, whoever's wanted to exit, we've facilitated an exit. And then otherwise, in four to six years, we look to exit the full market. So because real estate market in itself is very, you know, it keeps on going up and down. Like we we Mm -hmm. get certain sort of fluctuations coming in. So what strategies do you employ to stay updated about the industry trends and then adapting to the changes taking place in in the market? Yeah, absolutely. So it's very important to, you know, be abreast of all the information, all the happenings in the real estate market. That's how we're able to, you know, select the best properties, uh, number one. So how do we do that? Kind of few different ways, right? Uh, One is data. Like I said, we work with CRE Matrix. A lot of data is available on government portals. So like I said, you can look at the sale value, the rental value. You can look at each and every contract that's signed in the past. So we in, internally, we have a full map of each and every transaction that's happened. In each building, we would know what happened, when it happened, how it happened. There's a you know dedicated team 
to analyze this, provide updates internally to the full team on a weekly basis as to what are the latest trends based on data. So that's number one. But data just gives you things that have already happened in the past. How do you then also find out what is going on, what agreements are going to be signed? You know, what is that? And that comes down to relationships and talking to people. So given the background, given the kind of team we have, we're always talking to our partners, our brokers, uh, we're talking to other developers, we're talking to the IPCs, your JLLs, the Kushmans of the world. You know, conversation, getting market knowledge is extremely important. Being abreast of policy through attending a lot of these conferences. So I'm personally a member of GRI, which is a group of a lot of these, you know, real estate CXOs, where there's a lot of knowledge and information sharing. So being present in the market, conversing, that's another facet of, uh, you know, just staying up to date on the industry trends. And third is you have to look outwards as well. So this tells you what's happening in India. But, you know, some cases you have to look outside India and look to the West to see what might happen in the future. And so that's where my, you know, network and relationships from my business school, uh, you know, being in touch with them as well, being with my colleagues who are in real estate in New York or in London uh, or in Singapore. Uh, that's a way of staying abreast of information that things are happening outside India that might come to India at some point in time. So these are the three ways in which we generally stay up to date on the kind of market trends. A very insightful answer, I must say. So because obviously every business is risky, every investment is risky, it comes at a cost. So how do you handle unexpected setbacks or market downturns in the real estate investment? So yeah, see, I mean, obviously for us, COVID uh, was a big downturn. People at that point thought that office was going to get over as a concept. Obviously, that's not happened. Office is back with a bang. But in that time, right, uh, for instance, we had 100% collection in rental. How did we deal with that, right? So one is we made sure even before going in, we had very, very strong contracts with the tenants, right? Number two, we made sure that the tenants were credit worthy. So everyone tried to negotiate, but all these tenants actually had the ability to pay. And as you're aware, a lot of companies, in fact, did extremely well during COVID. You know, so making sure the tenant is credit worthy. And then number three is, you know, just uh, in that situation, just, you know, conversing with the tenant, showing them the long term horizon, uh, showing them rationale. For instance, we told them that, see, your real estate cost is just 1% of your overall cost. So don't try and negotiate here, you know, and let's just go by the contract. So showing them a rationale. So that's how we dealt with that thing. So, but I think overall, you know, setbacks do happen uh, in any business. It's all about the mindset. It's all about trying to be solution oriented, you know, finding what's best for yourself and finding what's best for the other party and coming in that middle ground. And having a very positive attitude towards any setback, any downturn is extremely important. I completely agree. I mean, having a very solution oriented outlook and at the same time, you just anyhow have to sail through this boat. I mean, downturns, you can't really escape them. They're going to be Absolutely. a of your journey. So thank you, Shiv, for taking time out of your busy schedule and coming over for this podcast. I'm really happy to have you here. Thank you. Thanks. Great, great being here. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode.